Hey friend, welcome to the Lilypad Network. My name is Savannah and I'm a 20-something who is obsessed with climbing the ranks in public accounting as a CPA, but then realized I wanted more than just my career. On this podcast, we're all about discovering our next thing together. Just like frogs pause on lily pads during their journey, we're pausing on this lily pad to discover that thing. On this journey, we'll also learn how to take care of ourselves along the way so we can show up as the best version of ourselves. Together, we're building a network of lily pads. So girlfriend, let's hop to it. Hello, friends. This is going to be an interesting episode. Normally, I try and leave you some sort of value or a tactical tip or a journal question or something to reflect on or someone else's story. But today, we're just going to be chatting. Um, I'm going to give you a little update on what has happened in the last 72 hours. It's probably more than that at this point. Let's see. By the time we're recording last 96 hours, it has been crazy. I'm sitting down to record this on Monday, January 3rd, and this episode will be out on Thursday. So what is that? The 5th, 6th? So a few days sooner, but it's so that I can get it to my wonderful editors to edit and upload it, which right now in this season I am incredibly grateful for. Um, I'm just going to kind of give you the lowdown on what has happened like I said, in the last 96 hours. Um, if you've been following me on social media, you probably know what I'm alluding to. Um, yeah, I wish I had, like, I literally have no notes, no script. This is just going to be off the cuff, off the heart. So let's get into it. So for Christmas, Michael and I, my fiance, went to Florida for a little, about a week. And when we were in Florida, we saw a lot of his family. It was great. My parents broke the news to me. They're like, we don't want to see you after you come back from Florida because of the rise in COVID cases. We're going to have a company meeting this week um, at the time of the recording and release. And so they just were trying to be extra cautious. It was a blow because we were going to celebrate Christmas with my family on New Year's Eve and My sister's home from college. You know, I just really wanted to spend time with them. My parents were going to pick us up at the airport. So I was just devastated, upset, paranoid that I was going to get COVID. I had no real reason to believe that I was going to. Um, As of 15, 20 minutes ago, took COVID tests and I am negative. So praise. Um, The vaccine has been working. Honestly, I'm not trying to jinx it or call it in, but I should have had COVID by now. The amount of times I've been all over the place with, without a mask, the amount of people I've seen, the, how low my immune system is right now, like glory to science and taking care of your body. So Michael and I fly back Tuesday. I'm a little bit disgruntled at my parents. This was the 28th. We fly back on the 28th, a little disgruntled with my parents that I'm not going to be able to see them, but I know that they're trying to be safe and I respect their decision at the end of the day. Let's see, what do we do? That afternoon, we take a nap because we were just both exhausted from travel. I go to swim practice, coach these girls. They got their butt handed to them on Tuesday. Wednesday, what did I even do Wednesday? So much has happened since then. I like can't even remember Wednesday. I think I just like cleaned, um, got some 
miscellaneous things done. I know I did virtual assistant work. And then we went to swim practice that night. We kind of went easy on them. Me and the head coach kind of went easy on them because New Year's Eve, not New Year's Eve, the 30th, we were going to kick their butt. That was the plan. You know, like the last swim practice of the year, we were just going to kick their butt. They were on um, winter break. So they have a little bit more energy. You know, they're recovered. We were just going to kick their butt. That was the plan. And as I'm sitting here, it's such a like juxtaposition right now. I'm in my apartment. You'll know why that's important here in a second. But Thursday morning, you know, I sleep in, didn't really do what I wanted to do in the morning. Like, you know, I didn't have a disciplined morning routine, but I was like, you know what? That's fine. Like, I'll do it this afternoon. And I FaceTime my friend from college, my roommate, one of my bridesmaids, you know, like really good friend for about two hours on Thursday, Um, from about 1030 to 1230. We were chatting, catching up on life, all all of the things. And it was wonderful. Um, and then I'm like, all right, you know, Sam, I need to go, need to make some lunch, you know, kind of change out of my pajama. I, I was in my pajamas, but you know, like my functional clothing, get some things done before swim practice that night. And as we're, you know, saying goodbye, that always takes like 15 minutes, right? I had a text from my friends saying, hey, are you guys okay with the fire? I just heard that the highway right by us is closed. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, what? So, you know, I quickly hang up on my friend and start looking at it. And the fire is incredibly close to us. If you've been following along or heard anything about Colorado, um, we live on the edge of Superior. Superior and Louisville are the towns that had the most damage. Um, and I think the only damage, we are literally on the corner. Across the street from us is Superior, and we're in Broomfield, so like the edge of Superior. And, you know, Michael and I are talking. We go outside. If you've seen the pictures, like take a picture from our apartment. It's just nuts. It's so, so windy. And we're like, you know, let's pack some stuff up and just kind of hang out for a little bit. I was able to find the police scanner, which was great to listen to, but also terrifying to listen to. And he and I are just hearing siren after siren after siren going by our apartment. And we we kind of packed some things, but not a lot of things, like some clothing, um, computers. And I mean, that was really about it. We're sitting there talking, like, do we need to evacuate? No, we probably don't. Like, we're high enough elevation that we're probably okay. Um you know, we're probably not going to. I'm listening to the police scanner. Michael's like looking outside, and all of a sudden, on the police scanner, I hear the fire has jumped McCaslin and South Boulder. Which, to those of you listening, probably it doesn't mean anything unless you've like are in this area or you've been following along with the news. McCaslin and South Boulder is very close to my parents. Um, not, I don't know. It's probably about equidistant from my apartment to my parents, but I would argue closer to my parents. And so I looked at Michael and I was like, we've got to go. Like, this is the time. Um, My parents also only had like a small convertible. My sister was um, probably 20, 30 minutes away in Boulder. Uh, She was safe, but like she was away with the big car. They've got two dogs. My parents have two dogs, their stuff, my sister's stuff. But I looked at Michael and I was like, we got to go. We have to go. Like (laughs) the moment is now. So I run out of my apartment with my backpack. He finishes like zipping up 
the things and quickly follows me. The maybe five minute difference between the two of us leaving ended up, he ended up getting to my parents about 20 minutes later because the traffic was so bad. Um, I'm texting, voice moaning my mom, like, mom, you guys need to pack and let's get going. We get to my parents. We kind of hang out there for a little bit. They're packing. And then once we had gotten to, once I had gotten, well, let's see, let's back up. 1240, my friend had texted me saying like, hey, what's, you good? Um, and Michael and I were on the road probably within 20 minutes of that. Um, I'm looking back, trying to see if I can find the, um, what is this? The time logs. Let's see. We were, I left to see my mom at 117, um, to my parents and sent her a message at 130 saying, you know, I'm on my way. I can't even see something like half a mile away, not even half a mile. Um, and by the time we got to my parents, so right around 130, we were told that we needed to evacuate. Well, Superior needed to evacuate. Our Again, our apartment complex had not evacuated yet, but we were in like the beginning stages of like pre-evacuation, get ready. And then right around three o'clock, we packed everything up and evacuated up to Fort Collins. I'm sorry, this is so all over the place, but I don't even have like notes. This is just like a diary entry of everything that happened in the last 96 hours. So we pack everything we can up right around three o'clock and drive north to Fort Collins, which was about 45 minutes to an hour away. We get up there and I settle in and by four, four thirty, I knew that one of my best friends from college has, he passed away in 2015, but his parents had lost their house. Literally everything was in ashes. Um, and then the next 16, 18 hours was just horrible. I mean, we're sitting in the restaurant. I realized I literally only had flip-flops and we were supposed to get six to eight inches of snow the next day because I just ran out of the house. I was like, shoot, my parents are going to need some help packing up. I didn't have a winter jacket. We didn't have passports, social security cards. We didn't have my wedding band. Um, Neither of us had meds, just like we left in such a hurry. And that's truly what it was. Um, You could go back and criticize, why didn't people bring more? Why didn't you have more? Um, You can speculate on all of those things. But when you're in that moment, that something just takes over. And you grab what's close by and what your mind is immediately thinking about. If I were to give you like one tip, if you ever have to evacuate, well, first of all, plan to evacuate at some point in your life, whether it's because of a hurricane, a gas leak, a fire, an avalanche, um, like any of those things, just plan that you're going to have to do it at least once in your life. And when you're listening to this episode, like, honestly, think through what you would bring. When Michael and I are fully back into our apartment, I'll get into that. We're, we're okay. Our apartment is still standing. But when we're fully back into our apartment, we're going to go through and make kind of like a catalog of everything over $100 in our apartment. 
um, and have an idea of what's in here. Because I can tell you what's in here. I can go room by room and I can think and visualize it, but it's different when it's on paper. Another thing we're going to do when we are back is we're going to make a list of um, items we would pack in an emergency, and we're going to print it out and put it um, on the back of the closet door, like somewhere we don't see all the time, but it's super easily accessible so that when that situation comes, because inevitably it will come at some point. Um, I hope to God it never happens again for me, and I hope it never happens to you. But if you do the work now to have a list of what you would pack, it will save you so much emotional um, turmoil and thinking through what do I actually need to bring? What is actually important to me? Like Michael and I ended up with the most random shit <laughs> that we had. Um, we had what we needed. We were safe. We had each other. Like that, that truly you realize what's important. But just a quick checklist to go through would have been so helpful. You can find online, like if you've got 15 minutes to evacuate, if you got 30 minutes to evacuate, if you have 45 minutes or an hour to evacuate, like these are the items you should bring or think about. I would suggest taking one of those lists and then customizing it to you. Like we'll have a line item, Savannah's passport, Michael's passport, not just passports. So that both of us will probably laminate this piece of paper and put it up on the back of the closet door so that we can just quickly check it off like an expo marker, check, 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 check. Um, and know that we have each of those things. Um, you realize which are your most important comfort items when you either have or don't have them. Um, like I took my doll from when I was born. Like he's my lovey. I've had him forever. I've had him for 26 years, literally forever. Sometimes I still sleep with him. I took him and a teddy bear as my like comfort items. And I didn't take, so I had two loveys, a boy and a girl. I didn't take the girl. <laughs> Like, yes, I love her and she's important to me, but I didn't even think to grab her. So that's kind of like a little bit of a tidbit. Honestly, this month, please, please, please go through, write down a list of the things that you would want to take should you need to evacuate for whatever reason. And it'll take away the thinking because your mind is already in fight or flight. You're just like, shoot, I need to get out and I need to get out now. And so you throw things into a bag. Um, you can replace a lot of things, but knowing that you have six days of underwear, like we just cleared out our underwear drawer um, and cleared out our shirts and our pants. So that just for me, go through and make that emergency list. Put it somewhere that you know where it is, the whole family knows where it is, and so that you don't have to think about it when the time comes. Maybe it won't ever come, but you have it there. Um, so, like I was saying, Michael and I packed the most random things. I didn't have pajamas, but I had my podcasting mic and a really nice piece, a really nice necklace that I haven't worn in a couple of years, but I was like, this is probably expensive. Um I mean, I think it's comical that I thought to bring my podcasting headphones and not pajamas, but that's where my head was. I was walking through the office and I was like, what's expensive in here? You know, like books can be replaced. I didn't bring my computer monitors because they're mounted, but 
you know, what's expensive and what is easy to take. Oh, podcast headphones. But my pajamas, didn't even think about. So we waited all all night. was just so sleepless. Um, thankfully, the winds died down. There was over 100 mile an hour winds in the area, which just made firefighting close to impossible um, from what I've heard. Because it was just spreading so quick, they were really focused on life-saving measures, just getting people out. Um, I've heard so many stories of people having to drive probably where they shouldn't have in a normal situation. But as an emergency exit, it was fine because the flames were coming and cutting off roads, etc. And I mean, I haven't even heard the most of it because I've just been trying to take care of me and Michael. But just crazy, crazy times. The nightfall was great because cooler temperatures, less wind, but it was also hard because you can't see anything, right? All you see are flames behind buildings, and you don't know if that that's your friend's house on fire or the field behind your friend's house. Um, the beautiful thing about Colorado is there's so much open space for hiking and biking and nature. There's so much open space. But the hard thing is there's so much open space, uh, meaning it's weeds and grass and dirt, trees. So the fire likes that, right? That's fuel for it. Um, My parents' house is okay. The fire did not come close to them. But their neighbor across the street backs up to open space. And one of the things that they were really worried about was a hot ember with the wind would just fly on over into the open space and you know that's that that's the end of that story right so it was just crazy crazy circumstances um morning came and we my dad came back really early from Fort Collins to um the hometown area to check on the house, check on a family friend's apartment, condo, townhome, and to check on our apartment. All of those buildings were standing. Um, my parents' house, totally fine. Um, had all utilities still on, like, base, base camp was good. Then came over to our apartment. Our apartment was still standing. Uh, my dad didn't know it at the time, but we didn't have heat or gas um, cell service or, um, internet. And then he drove over to a family friend's house. Their townhome was thankfully still standing, but there's so much smoke damage. They're still trying to determine if it's a total loss or just damage. Um, he also took pictures of neighborhoods just completely gone. It is crazy to think a few days ago, Everyone was celebrating Christmas and new Christmas toys and Santa came. And the next day you're running out of your apartment or your home with either whatever's on your back or whatever you can fit in your hands. Um, One of the crazy things about wildfires, they're not uncommon to Colorado. But when you hear about the wildfires in Colorado, most of the time they're on um, national land, like Bureau of... BLM, Bureau of Land Management Land. Um, And so while it's a catastrophe and devastating and homes 
are lost for people who live in the mountains, it's often a slow burn. The wildfire might start pretty quickly, but it'll go on for days and weeks and even months, those wildfires, and they're usually up in the mountains. What's crazy about this is it happened in a matter of hours. Um, Like we're talking the flames were out in, I'm going to say, less than 24 hours, which is just crazy. Um, From what I heard, it hit about 6,000 acres, and most of that is like a suburban, urban, um, open space type area, which is nuts. Um, 35,000 people were evacuated, and the last I heard, two people were missing, which if you think about two out of 35,000 is incredible what the police officers, fire departments, ambulance, neighbors were able to do to get all of those people out and out quickly. The stuff can be replaced. The memories won't be replaced, but they'll live in your heart. Um, Thankfully, we have social media and a lot of pictures are on social media or backed up to the cloud, which is a wonderful thing. Heartbreaking when you lose the original or maybe you don't have digital copies of grandma and grandpa, but a lot of photos can be found um, through the cloud. But it's been wild. Um, Let's see. Today is Monday. Michael and I are still not in back in our apartment. We don't have cell service or internet. Um, So we just don't really feel comfortable staying here. And, which sounds interesting, but for me and my anxiety, I can't go to bed not knowing that I can get the information that I need to get. There's still smoldering ashes, and there's still thousands of people without gas and water, which could mean that there's a gas leak, a water leak, or anything else that could pop up. And I don't care about being able to publish a podcast episode or, you know, check in on the latest gossip of Hollywood. That's not why I want it. Of course, those are all nice luxuries for me and my anxiety. I really need to know, Do am I okay here? Like, am I safe and okay in my apartment? Um, we'll probably come back and start sleeping here if we don't have internet by the end of the week just because we can't afford to stay in a hotel for much longer than that and sanity wise like we need we need our bed and our routines back but we'll probably bounce around from friends houses to use their wi-fi parents house coffee shops to use the wi-fi but that's not like i feel like i talked for 20 minutes and really only got through Friday morning. Friday morning, Michael and I drove back kind of midday from Fort Collins, stayed at my parents. We thought the heat was on back in our apartment. We thought it was electric and not gas, but it was gas. And that night it got probably below zero. I don't know that for a fact. And I'm recording in my apartment, so I have no internet to fact check that. 
but it was really freaking cold. Um, it was just too cold to stay here. And the energy company had ran out of space heaters at that point. They were giving customers space heaters, electric space heaters, to keep places warm. So we stayed with my parents that night. And then Saturday night, um, the family, family friend family that they can't live in their house for, for a while, um, they came to my parents' house. So they, they're kind of camped out there for now. So Michael and I went and got a hotel really close to them and have been staying there since, but we, in the past six days have been in five different beds or seven days, seven days, the past seven days, we've been in five different beds, Florida, our apartment for two nights, Fort Collins, my parents for a night, and then two nights at a hotel, which is nuts, nuts, oh, nuts, oh, he and I are physically, we're okay, um, emotionally, at least for me, it's going to take a while to heal and watch my hometown rebuild. It was really hard the other day driving through, you know, just our normal route home and seeing a neighborhood just completely wiped out to the right and another neighborhood completely wiped out a little bit further up. And there's a lot of survivor's guilt. Our apartment is about a tenth, maybe a fifth of a mile away from where the fire stopped, at least on one one side. You can see where the firefighters held the fire line. And Hannah said, you know, the fire ends here. We're done here, which is a powerful, powerful image. Um, just Google fire lines at some point. And that line, and you can, you can literally see a line. And just the strength that the firefighters had to put down and say, it ends here. We're not going any further. We're done right here. Of course, they have to do that on all sides of the fire, but it's it's a powerful image just from recovering from a fire, but more than that, like as personal development and growth-oriented humans like you and I are, to see we have the power to stop our own fire, our own out-of-control behaviors, whatever it is. We have the power to stop and hold that line and make make a decision that the that it ends here that that destructive behavior of drinking every night the destructive behavior of binge eating when you're upset or worried the destructive behavior of scrolling on social media for 10 hours because you're anxious you have the power to draw that line and say it ends here and it ends with me um one of the most influential powerful amazing books that I read in 2021 was It Ends With Us. Um, I don't really want to spoil it, so if you haven't read it, do not listen any further. The only thing I will say is that every woman should read that book. So fast forward a minute or so if you haven't read the book, or if you want to be spoiled, but the book is about abuse, emotional, physical, all of that, and how one woman takes a stand that it ends with her and her daughter that she gets to pick a different narrative for the two of them and that it ends with her. And that is powerful to me on so many ways. And after this fire, just knowing it ends here, 
you have the power to put the, the fire line down and say it ends here. Of course, the fire line might be two, three, four, ten miles further away from where you wanted, but that's where you can end it. There's no guilt on how far away from where you wanted it to end to where it ends, as long as you hold that line. So going on with this example, you might have wanted to stop binge drinking 10 years ago, 10 days ago, four days ago. And, you know, you're watching how much destruction that has done in the past four days, four years, 40 decades, whatever it is. You can choose that it doesn't go any further than here. Or you can go out a little bit further and say, in the next six days, these are the things I'm going to do to set myself up so that by the time we get to day 10, that's where we draw the line. It's often what firefighters do is they, they put the fire line further than they want and really focus on it doesn't go any further than here. We're done here. They might try and creep it up a little bit, but they know we're done right here. And they hold that line. They do everything in their power to hold that fire line. Um, it's just such an incredible image to look at fire lines. Um, I've seen them from wildfires, and I see it right across the street from me. Another thing that has been incredible is the outpouring of friends, support, checking in. You really learn who your community is. That's not to make anyone feel bad for not reaching out to me or any other person that was affected by it, because you might not have the bandwidth to reach out to your friend that was affected by a fire, a flood, or tornado, whatever it is. You might not have the bandwidth, but when you do have the bandwidth, whether it's six months later or six days later, check in on your friend. I know from losing human beings and pets the people who check in months later have a lasting impact. Because for me, just because the fire is over does not mean the process is over. While my apartment building is still standing, and I will be back in by the end of the month to this apartment building, I have no doubt, probably by the end of the week, we'll be back into this apartment building. That doesn't mean that the emotional damage is not there. That doesn't mean every time I drive to Costco or Target or to Firehouse Sub or Panera or Crumble, that the damage of it actually not being there or not open isn't going to sink in. So check on your friends that have been affected by anything, a loss. It doesn't matter how, quote, late it is. Remember those anniversaries. Six years later, I still text my high school friend's parents on his birthday, in the anniversary of his death. I still do it. Because I know you often feel like you're forgotten on those days. Because it's been six years, seven years, ten years, six months, nine months. While you might not be a date-triggered person, a lot of people are. So continue to check in on your friends with whatever loss or grief or tragedy, tragedy they're experiencing. Another thing, when you hear about these awful, awful situations, people losing their houses, people are very quick to want to donate clothing, which is wonderful. But the funny thing right now is we're at capacity for donated items. Like they can't, they literally can't take anything else because there's nowhere to put it. 
So in a week or two, continue to check in on anyone that you might know in this area or the tornadoes that have happened in Kentucky and the Midwest. Check on them right now. See how they're doing because a couple weeks later, they might need something other than clothing. They might need a friend to listen to. They might need a $10 Starbucks gift card or a massage or a friend to come over and watch their kiddos so they can take a long bath or just a text saying, you've got this. You've done hard things before. I know you can handle this or a phone call. Like the power of those small things is insurmountable. So continue to check on your friends who've gone through any tragedy. I'm not saying this like, oh, everyone in exactly one week, please check on me. That's not what this is about. I'm trying to leave you with just a little, a little bit at the end of this very chaotic episode. Um, Michael and I are okay. Our families are okay. Our friends are okay. We're just a little emotionally burned, um, a little emotionally burnt out, tapped out, and kind of worn down of not knowing where you're going to sleep or when you're going to be able to go home. But we're okay. And I think a lot of people can say that. There's one thing about Colorado is it's in these towns. It's a very close community. Do anything for each other. But... Sometimes we need someone to take care of us. So just remember that whenever a tragedy hits, maybe a little bit closer to home. Remember remember the days later and later and later when they're likely still grieving and being impacted and watching their town rebuild from nothing. If you made it this far in the episode, thank you so much. I know it's been like 35 minutes and I normally have quick, quick podcast episodes. This was really helpful for me to just talk it all out. Um, I'm surprised I didn't cry, but a lot of it is I've been emotionally numb. Um, Thursday and Friday, I was a disaster. Like you looked at me the wrong way and I cried. Like Michael and I were yelling at each other over passports and pillows, like Come on, you're adults. But it kind of goes to show you can get upset about anything and triggered by anything. So thank you for listening to this. Be kind to yourself as you head into this new year. Reach out to your friends who maybe lost a grandparent a year to 10 years ago. Just check in on how they're doing. And please, please, please make that emergency go bag checklist. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all of your support. The support that I've received DMs on Instagram has been incredible. Thank you all and enjoy the beginning of the new year. Thank you so much for listening today. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like stop right now and text her the link or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. Together, we're building our network of lily pads. I'm so happy to hop through life together. Until next time.